4.33 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. The, uh, everybody over here at Results Radio uh, got together behind uh, our friend Jeff Turn over there at ESPN 99.1. Uh, and we've got this hurricane relief drive for help. And we need your help collecting new clothes, new home goods, toiletries, pet food, and supplies. All donations will be taken to Houston to help victims of Hurricane Harvey. Drop-off locations include in, in Sioux Falls, Vera Hart Hospital, Sanford Pentagon, Audio Playground, Shenanigans, Young and Richards Flowers, Firehouse Subs, Sioux Falls Ag Center, and Pet Clinic, and right here at Results Radio on Tennis Lane, 5100 South Tennis Lane, just off 57th and Louise. Special thanks to Johnson Feed, Inc. for transporting the items. Find out more on at KSO.com. Uh, we're very happy to have back in the studio today, Emily Wanless. She is the Augustana University political science professor and who was charged with, accepted the, the, <laughs> the, uh, willingly and happily accepted the co or the chairmanship of the task force looking at the initiative and referendum system here in the state of South Dakota. We talked to you, Emily, what, like a month or, course, month or About, so ago? Yeah. You mm-hmm. were deep into the weeds <laughs> on this thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and now you've come out the other side and you have some recommendations, which we'll talk about here in a moment. How was it? Did you, was it fun? Yeah, so this one was a little bit different. So we met in August, end of August, and, and what was different about this one is that we actually kind of sunk our teeth into to actual drafted pieces of legislation, uh, went through an amendment process, um, and then voted. So it was um, a bit more, um, I don't know, I don't want to say productive, because everything was productive. I mean, right. You know, hearing testimony was extremely important and enlightening, and it definitely contributed to the legislation that came about. And I think it informed a number of the task members on on how they wanted to vote. So... So just to reset here, now we ended up here because people were concerned that it's become too easy to uh, get on the ballot in the state of South Dakota with the INR system, which is people can bring issues and they can refer issues that have been voted on by the legislature. And we were the first in the country to do it. We're very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you pointed out last time, we weren't the first in the country <laughs> to use it. We were the first in the country to approve it. We were it. the first one to think about it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, so, but now we're worried about outside money, outside influences, Marcy's Law, um, th- all of that. So that brought us to your task force, and you guys went through this whole process. And what did you finally decide? Well... <laughs> I could get, <laughs> I could probably get into some trouble right now, but go ahead. Uh, no, no <laughs> I'm it. sure. Yeah, nobody's listening, right? No, um, <laughs> no, no. I, I think that what we did was important. What we're going to recommend um, to the executive board is important. Um, some of the changes we made seem very minute um, and practical in nature, and I'm glad that they're being made. I think, for example, um, some of the changes we made to the Legislative Research uh, Council's calendar and and the time that they have to deal with these bills, I think that that will benefit them and then in turn benefit everybody. Um, Some of the more significant changes we made um, I still think are really good. So Mm -hmm. um, just to cover, I think, the 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 two major changes that I think that we are putting forth is we're raising the vote 
threshold for constitutional amendments mm-hmm. from a simple majority, 50% plus one to 55%. And that's a big deal. That is a big deal. Um, it, it, it would have changed a handful of uh, amendments in the past. Um, it would not have changed, you know, Marcy's law. Right. So Which got... In the six, yeah, in the it was 60s? really 60, 67. Yeah, maybe? it was really it was high. 61 something. Yeah, and it was in the 60s. If that many people agree, as as much as law enforcement might not like it, as much as the government may not like it, if that many people agreed. Right. And that's in the, and that's in the spirit of, of the change that we're making, mm-hmm. you know, then that, that is what it is. <laughs> yeah, because you would have had to raise it to 70. Yeah, right. And nothing would. <laughs> Then nothing would pass. Well, that would right? be another first of the country, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a bit of. A there was stretch. was there not a uh, recommend not a recommendation, but a proposal to make it higher? Though, higher yeah. So, um, I'm. I, this is from Senator Bolin, who uh, introduced both of those: the fifty-five percent threshold and the sixty percent threshold. I think in his perfect world, he'd like it to be 60 because he very much believes that there should be a, a, a much higher threshold for constitutional amendments. But being realistic, he knows that he can have broader support um, mm-hmm. and consensus on 55. Um, so he withdrew his 60%. We didn't even um, take it up. Um, but he did mention that there could be legislation that comes from legislators outside of the task force in the upcoming legislative session. So, yeah, the, this has to be... This is a complicated process. You don't just say, yep, that's what we're going to do, and, and it's over, right? Right, So right. this one is the 55% uh, increase for constitutional amendment. You made the recommendation. What happens now? So I think <laughs> I think we're not done yet, so I haven't been told exactly what happens at the very end because <laughs> we have one more um, remote meeting that we're going to do via teleconference. Um, but my understanding is that we will report to the executive board um, our findings, there'll be some sort of summary. And the executive board of the legislature. Oh, I'm right? sorry, yes, yes, of the legislature. Okay. Um, and that they will um, they, they will hear our recommendations and then they can decide to take up those um, pieces of legislation or individual legislators. Let's say the executive board decides that they don't want to do anything that we suggested. Right. Um, individual legislators, whether they be on the task force like Senator Bolin, Senator Nessaba, um, Representative Reed, Representative or Senator Otten, um, Representative Soley. I think I got them all. <laughs> uh, I don't want to leave anybody out. They can uh, initiate their own pieces of legislation or people outside of the task force can as well. So what when we recommended uh, if if we voted and recommended a piece of legislation each now has um kind of a quote unquote sponsor and an, an originator so for example with the 55% it is sponsored in the senate by senator bolin and the house by representative reed but it will originate with senator bolin in the senate i see but then this is to change the way we amend the constitution so it has to change the constitution yes right? so it's not retroactive so, but it it would be, and if the, so the legislature has to pass it, and then it still has to go to a vote of the people to, uh, to, a pr- to change the constitution? Yes. Or, or we could have an uh, initiated constitutional amendment so that people <laughs> right. could bring it. But How what's interesting, would that be? it would be ironic. And, and it's interesting that it's going to only need 50% to pass. Oh, sure. To raise it to 55. Correct. Because well, it's not retroactive. Weird. So you could be... In the, oh man, that's. that's I think the sponsor's hope would 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 be that it passed by a large enough margin. 
but so when you do the did the final uh, approval of that recommendation mm-hmm. were there still dis- was there still dissent did there was okay. there was there were two members um uh president abbott at usd mm-hmm. um voted no and senator nesaba voted no because they didn't want to raise the threshold or they thought it should be higher uh i I don't want to speak for them, but I believe it was because they didn't want to raise it any higher. (laughs) We're here with Emily Wanless. She is a political science professor at Augustana University and chairperson of the task force that was studying our initiative and referendum system. I always want to say information and referral. I I have a problem. INR. I'm I'm working on it. INR. INR. Um, So that, that was the constitutional part of it. Yeah. Now, what else did you... Approved? We approved um, a requirement that currently stands. Um, well, let me back up. We approved to suggest, to recommend, right? We didn't do anything yet, but we approved to recommend that the the process of circulating petitions no longer requires the full text of the measure on the petition. Really? Because often it's on the back. Right? Uh, well, often it's sixty pages, oh, and it's uh, uh, yeah. we. There's an accordion. There's a beach towel. There, <laughs> is, I mean, there was one that the Secretary of State used as an example that was larger than I was. Like I mean, this like sheet ta- of paper? oh yeah, it was insane. Oh my and God. so one of the suggestions through these these testimonies that we heard was that it's a burden for the Secretary of State's office to handle i mean literally physically handle these um petitions when they're certifying signatures and so um looking at what other states are doing um and we did learn that some of them are under um, review by the courts but um the idea of not having the full text but having the ag summary and then having the full text available should anyone ask for it so if you are or not even ask for it you you say would you like to see the full text if you're ki- if you are out circulating petitions, you just have to have a copy with you. Uh, I think you have enough. Have to have enough that you could take. You could give to people. Oh, okay. Which is actually maybe better because the font on some of these. I think the smallest it can be is a six point font. Nobody's no. can read it, no. and nobody's going to sit there and read all sixty pages while they're there. But no. if they could take it with them, well, maybe they will. Or even like a little. If you really want to go look it up online, here's a here's a link. Uh, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that the, will be considered. I think it's Colorado maybe that circulates petitions now via iPad. Really? Mm-hmm. So that oh, you can. That seems fraught with peril. I know. Look what the Russians. Technology did. is scary. Well, you, you always so, got to worry about the Russians. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. <laughs> that. <laughs> but so that that those are the two. Those are the two that we passed. The okay. probably the other one that was the most contentious. Um, that failed was our most divided issue. It failed six to seven. Um, it was something that I brought forth. So I was a big loser. Uh, it was a wonky deal? <laughs> it was. Theoretical? No, no. That, <laughs> the, yeah. No, it was basically requiring that any amendment or repeal of um, an, uh, an initiated measure that passed um, needed two-thirds supermajority of the legislature to oh. amend. Yeah. So it kind of protected the am, voice of the people. Yeah. Um, and it, it had a provision where, um, and, it, and it was modeled off of California and Michigan that has this requirement um, that says you can write in your initiated measure, this part is amendable. Oh, and, sure. And so you can, because, you know, we don't have the answer to everything. And 
there needs to be some flexibility. Right, but this is in response to the gutting of IM-22. Sort of. I think the reaction to it and the fear. My whole thing, I was getting a little theoretical. My whole thing was trying to, and this is where I said I was going to get into trouble because <laughs> I don't think, I think the changes we made were good, mm-hmm. but I don't think it gets at the heart of the problem. And the heart of the problem to me is you have to incentivize people to use the appropriate means. And so if it's something that's statutory in nature, you should use a statutory response. Mm-hmm. You should not be incentivized to use the constitutional amendment because there's a safeguard that the legislature can't mess with it. Right. You're pushing them that direction by having the system right. the way it is. Yeah. So my suggestion was make it easier to go the initiated measure route and make it harder to go the constitutional amendment route, which because I proposed that they had to pass twice on the ballot. Yeah, that, that was a good idea where it would have to come up twice. Yeah, and pass that was twice. not a, it was not seen as a good idea. <laughs> but oh, man, that's OK. I, I voted against it, too, in the spirit of unanimity, um, unanimity. Um, I don't even know if that's a word. But back. yeah, uh, we are going to come right back and talk more with Emily Wanless. She is an Augustana University political science professor, and she is the chair of the INR task force. There's a lot going on with your elections and people are just they're up in arms about some of this stuff so we're going to come back and talk about that a little more this is the patrick lally show on information 1000 ksoo he's changing